Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. It is Wednesday, April 8th, the year 2021. My name is Brad Ward. I am your host of All Eyes on Cleveland. Mikey is on the ones and twos. Tonight we have another special guest in. My favorite guest, often a frequent flyer here on uh, All Eyes on Cleveland, the one and only Jeff Risden, managing editor of the uh, Browns Wire, the Lions Wire, and of course, Real GM. Jeff, how are you this evening? It is great to be back with you. Thanks for the kind words. Appreciate it. Of Always, of <laughs> course. I got a little different setup here tonight. What do you think of that there? I, I, uh, did you I approve? Okay, yeah, good. it's great. We're all good, right, we're good. good, man. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. Yeah, so... Uh, we've got, uh, this is the Browns finishing the job, NFL draft slash free agency uh, edition of the show. Did a mock draft show last night with uh, uh, Randy Gersey of Dog Pound Daily. Uh, it turned out really well. It was a good mock. We got into a lot of some of these topics. Some of these we're going to breach again here tonight a little bit, uh, just uh, to get hit on them a little bit further. But more we're going to kind of aim at picks 26, 59. 8991 you know the picks that you would hope to get contributors out of and you know what's left in free agency clowny other guys of interest etc but i want to start tonight jeff uh with draft strategy because you know i love 923 the fan we've had a lot of guys yep. on my show from 923 the fan um you know uh, Ken Carmen's been on, um, you know, I'm going to forget guys now. Chico's been on, uh, Je- Jonathan Peterlin, who was in this conversation, has been on multiple times, but, um, and, and others as well. But today, Peterlin and Adam the Bull, uh, talking about best player available versus best player available with need, da 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 da. And Peterlin was kind of saying, listen, y- you have to draft with need in mind. At this point, you know, and Adam the Bull was very uh, dead set on it's just best player available, best player available. And that's how analytics guys think. And I don't really think that's necessarily true. Uh, And I kind of want to breach this topic tonight because when I had Jake Burns on, he kind of put it the best that I I think I've heard. And it's it should be best player available on your board taking into account the value of the position, not so much the need, but the value of the position, right? So like edge, corner, wide receiver, positions of value, right? and some need, right? So like, so you have to account for some need. You're building a team. You're not just, you know, drafting fantasy teams here, right? So yes, where do you come out on draft strategy as far as – because you'll get guys that will just pound the table, best player available on your board no matter what. Where do you come out on this? Um, I, well, I'll, I'll lean on the other team that I cover for a second here. The Detroit Lions, yeah. have, they've taken three tight ends in the top 20 in the last 12 drafts. <laughs> and if you ask every single line and, and people like TJ Hawkinson's a really good football player right? and most Lions fans really like him. But after Eric Ebron and after Brandon Pettigrew, people are like, are you really taking another tight, another tight end? Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, and that, it, it gets that way with running back too. We'll look at, look at Saquon Barkley in New York. Yes, Fantastic absolutely. talent. Really, really good. But there were a lot of people that wanted him number one in Cleveland. He's been really good. Has he helped the Giants win? Where are they picking? <laughs> you know, you got, exactly. you gotta have you yeah. have to properly value the positions for today's NFL. And and, and I'm with Jake on that. You know, you, you have to if you don't have your quarterback, nothing else matters. You have to go get your quarterback, however you can. Now you can't force it. You know, if you're stuck in a draft where you don't like the quarterback, you can't just take the top guy. That that's how you wind up with Geno Smith. That's how you wind up with Paxton Lynch. Uh, and yeah. you, that, that, that's how we wound up with, with Brady Quinn and, and lots Brady, of guys. And Cleveland. Yeah. Lots, lots so of guys. You, you can't force it. You have to like the guy. I mean, he has to be ranked properly, but if it's a, if it's a choice between a wide receiver and a guard, you take the wide receiver. If it's a choice between a cornerback and a linebacker, you take the cornerback. That's, that, that's where you're at. And the other thing with it, 
you're in Cleveland is in the point now where they're not just drafting for 2021. You got to look ahead a little bit. Where's this team going to have needs next offseason and the offseason after that? Do you have a succession plan at wide receiver? Do you have one at offensive tackle? Uh, do you have one at center? Yeah, J.C. Treader isn't going to play forever. Joel Batonio, as, as awesome as he is, he might not be able to play forever, although I wouldn't tell that to his face because he, he's probably proven me wrong. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 is Nick Chubb getting an extension, or do you need a, another running back? I wouldn't ever draft that in advance. You can get running backs off the street. Obviously, you can't get Nick Chubb off the street. But you can get you can get a, you don't need to draft a running back to groom. Right him, is the point there. So you have to look at that. You know, cornerback Denzel Ward's coming up. He's had some durability issues. Do you do you really believe that he is, is long term for it? Um, that, that's 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 we can do a whole show on that. We won't get into that now. But you, you, these are the things they have to think about. You know, where is where is our priority going forward? And I think that's you have to weigh that with the, the talent that's there too. And so it's it's not just about filling the massive holes that are all over the roster anymore. This Browns team has moved well beyond that. Thank God. <laughs> We waited a long time yeah. for this now. And now they're in a position where they're like they're like the, the Patriots were for a long time, where they can just sort of take, you know, okay, well, you know what? Our our, our nose tackle, he's he's gonna be up after this year. And I think we need another one. So, so we'll draft the guy now and we'll groom him for a year and then he slides into it. And the Browns are in a position where they can do that in a lot of positions, and that's that's an exciting change. And I think I think you're gonna see that in this draft, uh, more than you saw it last year even. Where they're 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 addressing a longer term vision than just twenty twenty one with the draft. I agree, and uh, a lot of what we talked about last night, and we'll hit on it tonight too, is that succession plan. What are those areas you mentioned? Some wide receiver, O line. I think D tackle too. If you yeah. if you look at Sheldon and Malik Jackson, both over thirty. You know, you kind of got to look there as well. Even though Billings will be there and Elliott, but you still got to keep. Yeah, you you need four defensive in, right? in that rotation. You really do, especially when you're playing the way that the Browns are. When you've got mobile quarterbacks in your division that you've got to chase down. I mean, Lamar Jackson is is crazy. Joe Burrow yeah. can run. He doesn't like to, but he can. Um, who knows what's going to happen in Pittsburgh? But hopefully, well, hopefully, Big Ben does actually play for a long time. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, please. <laughs> you know, keep you know, back. Yeah, please, please keep keep signing the one year contracts that paralyze their salary cap. Please, Ben, do it. All right. Do it beseeches you. So I'm glad you cleared that up, and you're 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 right with me on that. Is you just can't blindly pick best player available? No, certainly. no, you can't. I mean, and now if it's like a transcendent talent, like like the Colts took Quentin Nelson as a guard. Okay. Uh, um, he was the best player in that draft in, in grade wise, and he's proven he, he's an all pro. <clears throat> now, how much value do you, you give a, an all pro right guard versus what they could have gotten maybe at wide receiver because they're they're poor at wide receiver? They they've stocked up since then, but you know they they they're happy with that, it, and and I guess that it fit their team needs at the time, but they have now had to go out and get a quarterback and another yes. quarterback and they traded for Carson Wentz. So you can't, I mean, yeah, Quentin Nelson's a fantastic player. I'd, I'd love to have him on any football team and he's a building block, but has he helped them as much as a top tier pass rusher would have, or a lockdown corner would have? I don't know, man, but Probably not. when you got a guy that's like that talented, that, I, don't, I wouldn't fault anybody for, for wanting that, but th that player isn't in this draft um, with the possible exception. Well, you're, but you're at 26. You don't really have to worry about that because all those guys, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. No question. And yeah, I mean, most definitely, I think value and I think you need to account for needs to not like overly, like if the guy's there, like you said, like if a wide receiver is there in this draft, that you think is legit, that people missed on, and you have real high on your board above the corners and the edges, I understand taking that guy because mm -hmm. you need a succession plan there, and, and it makes sense down the line. So I get that, although I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll probably go corner or edge at 26. You know, I, I get how that can happen. Um, yeah. yeah, let's. Let's look at those areas of need. I've got wide quarterback and edge down. Anything else you want to look at that you sh 
for sure need to address in this draft? Maybe receiver, speed receiver? Uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to look at a speed receiver. This is a great draft to need wide receivers of all yeah. flavors. My goodness, yeah. there, there's, there's some really good wide receivers sprinkled around. I wouldn't be opposed to taking a defensive tackle. Um, what if yes. Malik Jackson doesn't work out? What if Andrew Billings, you know, for whatever reason, his year off just cost him? Um, and that's that's something that you need to address with. I'm not the biggest Jordan Elliott fan on the face of the earth. I I kind of hope okay. he proves me wrong. He has the ability to prove me wrong because he does have some talent. But I, I don't think he's more than your third defensive tackle. Um, so if you, if you can get a starter that's better than him, I, I wouldn't back away from that either. Okay. Uh, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Special guest Jeff Rizzo with us tonight. We are finishing the job. NFL draft slash free agency featuring uh, Jeff Rizzo, as I just said, uh, the managing editor at the Browns Wire, where I write as well. Go check out the Browns Wire for sure. Good stuff coming out there every day uh, from Jeff, uh, Josh Keatley, uh, many others as well over there, uh, myself included. So, Go to the Browns wire for sure. Um, let's uh, dig into pick 26 here, right? And 59 kind of. So, yeah, you know, corners, edges. Where do you come out on? Do you do you have a feel for like, do you want one over the over the other 26? To me, it kind of makes sense to go edge before corner just because there seems to be more depth at corner. There does. Um, I would also throw in, if you've got a chance to get Christian Barmore, the top defensive tackle in the class, yes. and you can, um, yes. if he if he's there, he's clearly the best at his position. That's where you have to weigh in, okay, this guy, are you getting the number one defensive tackle or are you getting the number five corner? Are you getting the number six pass rusher? Right. Um, in, in that case, uh, you, you've got to strongly consider Barmore. And the fact that he's also 20 years old, and dripping with upside, and it's coming out of Alabama healthy, which is not an insignificant accomplishment. Um, he's got to be in that picture too. Uh, but in terms of like, I would I would go edge because I think that has a, a greater impact on the game, uh, especially with the corners that you have. Because I mean, they're okay at corner. They need yeah. they need certainly need to add one. But if I'm yeah. looking at a guy like like let's say Aziz Ojolari from Georgia is there or a guy like Jalen Phillips from Miami. Um, I think he'll be gone, uh, and I wouldn't draft him anyways because of his – I wouldn't draft views, him either. I would but, not touch but, him with a 10-foot yeah. pole. I, I can't yeah, see I, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're, we're in agreement on that, but he, he's, a, he's a wildly talented dude. Yes. Uh, there, there's no question about that, but yeah. Too much I, risk for me. Yeah, same here. Uh, but I don't fault people that like his game. Uh, yeah. You got like like a guy like Jason Owa from uh, from Penn State. Um, I'm not his biggest fan. I'd like to see at least one. Give me one sack in college. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he, he's really good at what he does, but he just doesn't finish. I mean, uh, that, that, that's a talking point against Jadavian Clowney. Let, let's let's carry it over to the draft too. You know, be consistent. Yeah. On it. Now, Owa <laughs> Owa is going to bring up another topic later, and I, I will, okay. I'm going to note right. that that's going to bring up another topic later. I want to talk about forry times at pro days. So, oh, let's, no. let's remember because oh, yeah. he he's two fifty two and supposedly ran a four three forty at his pro day. So, go uh, ahead. I mean, yeah. you know, so, so I mean, you got you got guys there um, versus your cornerbacks in your in that range. You're looking at. I like Greg Newsom from Northwestern a yeah. lot, a yeah. lot. Uh, but Good but there's another guy. He, he's another guy. If if Denzel Ward's and and Greedy Williams' inability to stay on the field bothers you, it's probably not going to be a Greg Newsom fan because he's missed at least three games in each yep. of the last three seasons with separate injuries. That's yeah. that yeah that that's tough, man. He, he's, he's a, a mock. Kid. He's a mock darling for the Browns at twenty six. He he's all over the place being mocked there. I get it. You know, he play, he's really good in zone. He was at the top of coverage grades at PFF. But it's hard to take a guy, like you said, where his availability has been a problem. That's already the issue, right? You right. need you that's need somebody <laughs> You need somebody like Money Mitch who played a thousand, you know, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred, some ridiculous amount of snaps that you can yeah. always depend on to be there and and uh, you know I think that loss is kind of being overseen by some people. I mean, hit, losing him is significant just because of the availability of the other two. The yeah. fact that he played more snaps than any other cornerback in the NFL is remarkable. It's crazy. 
and and he did it at at, at uh, above average for the, level for a guy who's supposed to be your number three, and he played at number one in probably half their games last year. He did pretty darn well for himself, and that yes. that is a loss that has to be replaced. You know, the the, the cornerbacks there, there's I mean there's there's quite a few dudes that can play. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah. Um, he's a little bit later in the draft. I, I'd look at him with the next pick. Um, I mean, Patrick Sertain, the second is just he's 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 going to be a top fifteen pick. If yes. if JC Horn is there, you got to consider him. But I kind of think he'll be gone. You know, they're in a, a bit of a a weird area there where if you don't like Newsom, I'm not sure there's another corner that's right in that specific range at like 26. There's there's like a there's like a gap between like like the top 20 and then like 50 to 90. There's like a, a dead zone there. So you oh. yeah, so you make a good point there. And l- let me let me ask you about this, okay? Yeah. So with edge and corner, I've found that like your evaluators this time of year, right? Uh, your guys that come out with their top fives and their top tens. There's not really a consensus on these guys in no. either area, except for like Sertain is always up at one or two. He's great. Yeah. And yeah. Quiddy Pay is usually towards the top of people's list. But other than that, like I see edge lists that have Basham Jr. in there, Ronnie Perkins in there. I've seen some lists that have Rashad Weaver in there in like their top five, oh. and other ones wow. that have like, you know, Osei and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, Joseph Osei has, is. Seems yeah, to be like yeah. trending towards the Browns a lot now. I've seen a lot of articles on Osai in just like the last forty-eight hours, which is a guy we talked about months ago, right? Um, yeah, and yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, so like I don't know, you know, Ojolari. I don't know if he lasts to twenty-six. Some uh, people yeah. probably yeah. value him more. You know, away is the guy that you know. People are saying he's flying up draft boards, but no sacks, you know, because it's 40 time. There's question marks there. You know, at 26, there's always going to be red flags, right? You're not going to find the perfect guy unless he just falls in your lap, like a Barmore might fall in your lap, right? Right. But uh, I, I just, it's kind of weird, like with these Perkins and Basham and, and, and uh, you know, Joseph Asai and Weaver, a lot of guys value these guys very differently. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do you do you have any of those guys that really jump out to you over the others, or or is I, that so? Osai is really good, uh, and he tested well, and I think that's exciting. Uh, he has some some pretty darn good tape. I liked Ronnie Perkins' tape a lot. He reminded me, me of, of kind of a, a diet Montez Sweat, and Montez yeah. Sweat has been really really good in Washington, uh, right. and he, he's the same sort of of power to speed with power staying with it thing he even has the same like one arm rush jab rush um mm-hmm. that montez is, and it god bless montez man that, that's a tough move to pull off and he does it all the time and it works yeah um but perkins tested so badly with his athleticism yeah and you can you can see on tape when he doesn't win right away he doesn't have a lot of ability to win off of it uh if you watch port augustine play he's the same way he's, he's a he's another powers to speed guy Kind of a tight athlete, tight hips, tight ankles, doesn't have a lot of flexibility, doesn't have a lot of ability to win off of a counter move. And it, you've already got Porter Gustin on the team. I'm not sure that Ronnie Perkins adding him in the third round helps all that much. And I think okay. that's probably the range that he goes. I, I I really do like his tape, though. And I will I will like him higher than he's drafted, I'm going to guess. But uh, 26, that's... That's pushing it, man. Because I, 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 I do you think, think? The athletic, yeah, I think the athletic limitations that are there that that showed in his pro day, they do show some on tape. Um, some of that's mitigated by the fact that he's going to be lining up across from Miles Garrett. But we saw last year, Miles isn't incredibly enough. He's not invincible, uh, and uh, you know when when he was down with COVID for a little while, I mean Olivier Vernon really stepped up and proved that he could be a number one. And I think that's the kind of guy that you want across from from Miles as well. You know, if Miles yeah. is having a bad day, or if they're triple teaming him as Pittsburgh often does, you know, you need to have the guy on the other side who can win one on one. And I'm not sure that Perkins is that guy. I think Ojolari can be that guy. I think I th- again Phillips, but I'm, I'm not touching him. There's um, I wouldn't do Oa. Um, I, I like so so. so they, yeah, Russo Russo's another limited athletic guy. Uh, yeah. And he's, 
I, I, I'm not his biggest fan either. Again, he, he has some very good tape, and he finishes what he starts incredibly well, and that's appealing, uh, especially when you're playing against guys that can, can break containment and make plays outside the pocket the way that Burrow and, and Jackson can. I like Zayvon Collins. I think he can play at the edge. Uh, that's that's what I asked last night. I do they, you think they view him as who's the guy? And his name is totally escaping me. Who's the guy the Browns took a couple of years ago, a linebacker that ended up just being like a pass rush only guy? They ended up trading him to the Eagles. Oh my gosh! Oh, um, uh, I can see him. Oh man. You know uh, what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. I do. Yes, I do. And his, oh, I can't man. think of his name right now. Um, anyways, like I hear Zayvon Collins. Yes. Yeah. Jannard <laughs> yeah. Avery. Yep. That's Gennard right. Avery. So yep. I hear Zayvon Collins and then I look at like his size and some of his stuff and I'm like, man, could he come off the edge? But he I can. was kind of, okay. he can, but, but it, he didn't do it all the time in college. And I think if you're taking a guy that you want to start as a, as a specific pass rusher, you probably want a guy who's done that full time. He, he only played edge. I think, I think. Pro Football Focus had it at twelve percent of his snaps. He was okay. really good at it, but he's he's kind of a. And are you taking away from what he does better? Which right, is probably and, a linebacker. Yeah, and, and he and he drops and he runs well in coverage. He 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 flows very well in the open field for a guy that's two hundred and sixty pounds with gigantic arms. So I, I I like him for the for the purpose of you can see where he fits best because this team does still need off ball linebacker. That that's a, that's a long-term need. I know they don't value it enough to take it at, at 26, but if you yeah. get a guy who can be the edge also, then I think there's more value in that. Um, Makes sense. I know that that, that that doesn't get a lot of traction with a lot of Browns fans. I understand I'm on an Island there, but uh, I, I, I like my Island. It's happy. I got, yeah. some, got some palm trees and, and I, I like Zayvon Collins. That's what, <laughs> that's, what, for it. <laughs> that's what islands are for, right? Uh, that's right. To your own island. only. Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, what are your thoughts on Rashad Weaver? Uh, you didn't. You kind of uh, oohed so, at me when I said that you're not real high on him because uh, what I, I read him. is that he's more like NFL ready than some of the other guys that may be a little more raw. I, I buy that. I, I wonder, though, that if that means that he's topped out at what he can be. You right. know, how, much, how much growth potential is there with him? He's got some interesting tape. He's got some frustrating tape because I think there's times where he should have been a little bit more dominant than he was. Okay. But he, he, he's a good player. I, at, at 26, that, that's awfully rich for me for him. So, like, at 26, I'm kind of like – I feel like I'm, like, tunneled in on Aziz Ojolari – and Joseph Asai. Is that too high to take Asai? Uh, some people will tell you yes, but if he's your guy and, and he fits, and he's he's a really, really good fit, Brad. He is. Uh, yeah. So, I uh, again, the, uh, most teams would probably take him a little later, but if he's your guy, he's your guy. You know, go, go get him. <laughs> Uh, and then right. that, that's where that's where valuing the position and valuing a specific player and trusting your your scouts and your breakdown of what he offers you comes in. And if they value him that high, some people will criticize it. I won't. I'll be like, hey, they, they see it. Okay, I I see what they see. I might not value like I think he's going to be. I have my big board coming out this weekend. I think he's like number forty two on my board. Okay. So that, 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 I mean that that's a little bit of a reach, but it's kind of a tweener, again, right? Yeah, but again, the Browns don't need a quarterback. They don't need an yeah. offensive tackle. So that lops off, you know, twelve people above that right there. Right. <laughs> oh, so, right. I mean, so in in that sense, yeah. Is it is it a little earlier than I'd like him to be? Yeah, but if if, if he goes to Cleveland, I'll be happy because I I do think he can play. I I love what he did. Um, so, so the big thing that's going on, and I saw this on Twitter, was was his battle against Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, and by and large, Tevin Jenkins won the war. But the battles that Osai won are like, yeah, man, give me that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I get that. And and you, you, because you have Miles Garrett, and because you do have, you still have, I mean, Malik Jackson can still play. Sheldon Richardson can play. You're not asking him to be the man right away and i think whatever you're taking you're asking to play a rotational role like 26 right yeah exactly that's i would would be i would be perfectly fine with that there yeah so so here's the other thing though and i think that this is kind of scares me a little too right so the needed edge right and i trust 
certainly trust uh, Andrew Barry. So I, I guess it doesn't really scare me. But one of the problems when you look at corner and edge at 26, it's like, okay, so we're kind of in agreement that it is a kind of a dead zone there. If Ojolari doesn't get there, you might be reaching if you wanted to go edge at 26. Now, yeah. with the depth at cornerback, there could be some studs there at corner. So, like, when I look at this corner list, and once again, I've seen a lot of, like, not a real with these lists coming out, like Sims, Bulger, not a lot of consensus, right? Guys at one, at six, at five, off lists, on lists, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of different evaluations of these guys. But Sertain, Horn, Newsom, Farley with his back, he could drop. I mean, so yeah. a lot of people think he's the best corner in the draft, right? Um, Asante Samuel Jr., you mentioned. Javon Holland from Oregon. Aaron Robertson was in Sims' top five. Tyson Campbell was Sims' number three corner overall. Wow. Um, like, and in, in, in swears by this guy that he is, you know, Oh, this uh, uh, incredible oh, the other, athlete. The other Georgia kid too, uh, Stokes. Um, Stokes who can, runs a four two nine, um, and you know. and it shows on film too. He's he's not the most aggressive guy, but he can certainly play. Yeah, yeah Stokes. And, and, then, and you're looking there, so that's the range. Again, you're looking. Are any of those guys at twenty six? Will they still be there at when, when the Browns pick again? And I kind of think that at least one of them, or maybe two of them, will. Because Might be again, at fifty nine, you mean? Yeah, and, and like, yeah, like, like if he had Emelifon move, that that's another guy that that he he's in some top fives that I've seen, um, right? From Syracuse, Syracuse, right? He can yeah. play too, and he he's a bit of a bigger guy, and he might he might actually be a better scheme fit if they're if they're looking to play, if well, it, it sounds like they want to play more zone, which ne- wouldn't necessarily fit in his hands, but if they want to keep playing more man, uh, which which I think is is something that you do when you're playing against quarterbacks that don't run so much, then he's, he certainly fits in there. Um, it it kind of depends on, on how much Joe Woods wants to deviate in the second year from what we saw in the first year. Yeah. Uh, it's, it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, that they played more man than they wanted to last year. Uh, and Especially second half of the year, I think. Yeah, and, and if they want to get more zone, then, then a guy like Stokes doesn't make as much sense, but a guy like Campbell does. Because yeah. I think he has better zone eyes for it. Yeah, um, and there's a couple of guys that are that are after that. Um, you know, you look at a guy like uh, the little guy Molden from from Washington. Uh, another guy, feisty inside guy. He can probably play outside in a pinch if you need him to. But that that guy can play. He's very comfortable in the zone, and he also offers the. He's a phenomenal blitzer. They hardly ever let him do it. I, yeah. I saw it a couple of times though. That guy can go get the quarterback if you ask him to, which is kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so some of these guys, like, you can fall in love with real easily. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I tend to, I don't know, I value some of Sims's evaluations better because I think that he just, tra- he doesn't like always kind of, to me, he doesn't go with the grain. He kind of he does not. just That's true. blocks it out and just says, okay, here's what the tape says to me, right? Yeah. And, yeah. um and I, so for sometimes I, I like his evaluations better. But, you know, when you look at Campbell, you're absolutely right. You know, it says here, you know, I'm looking at PFF, ultra smooth athlete who is he still is. only scratching the surface. Zone teams will love him. Yeah. Uh, missed only six tackles on 99 attempts in his career. I mean, that's damn good, right? What do you think of Aaron Robert, Robinson? Uh, the UCF kid. He, yeah. He's He's a good one too, and he had a better pro day than I expected him to. So that there, there's another guy that, and and I've seen some people that that consider him as as a guy that can play as your heavy nickel also, and maybe play as a as a safety type as well. A little um, versatility I, there, yeah, right? You can yeah. he, like they said, they feel comedy can transition outside. He, you know, yeah. he was a bully in college. They kind of said it at the slot position. But, you know, he's big enough at 6'1", you can move him outside, you can move him to safety, you can move him around wherever you want. And these positionless defensive players is the, is the the wave of the future, right? It is, but I will caution you, make sure you can play one of those positions. <laughs> uh, because right? otherwise, you're right. Isaiah, like Isaiah Simmons last year, yeah, every, everybody on every team wanted him. He goes to Arizona, and they ask him to do all different kinds of things. And he didn't do any of them particularly well because they didn't ask him to do just one thing well. 
And they also screwed that up with Hassan Reddick before that. You think they would have learned their lesson. They did not. Uh, th- there's some other players that have been like that too. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of um, like, like Miles Jacket when he first got yeah. to Jacksonville. Yep. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? They sort of played him all over the place. They fi- they figured out fairly quickly to their credit that he's a he's a linebacker <laughs> and, and and let him just play linebacker. Anthony Barr in Minnesota is the same kind of way. Is he an yeah. edge? Is he an off ball linebacker? Is he a defensive end? You know what, what are we going to do with him? Once they figured out the the best role for him and asked him to do only that first and master that, then they use his versatility after that. Off of that, you got to have that. You got to have that one spot first. So if you're looking at a guy that's is he a safety? Is he a corner? You, you damn well better figure out if he's a corner first or a safety first, and don't just hop him in between because uh, it's it's very rare that you get a guy like that. Eric Murray, a guy that, that was in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, w- is he a safety? Is he a corner? Uh, I don't. I don't think. Well, the, the Chiefs certainly didn't figure that out. That's why they got rid of him. I'm not sure the Browns really figured it out. And quite honestly, I'm not sure the Texans figured it out yet either. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think he's actually off the Texans now. You know, you got to you got to find them that to, they got to play one well before you can ask them to do more than one. Is my Agreed. philosophy on it? Agreed. Um, kind of backfiring into the teams is your point, I think, there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just evaluating the yeah. athlete. All right, hijack that group. I just yes. sorry, dude. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. That's absolutely right, though. Um, all right. So plan of action, right? I think at 26, you take your favorite cornerback or edge that's on the board, right? Uh, yeah. Um, again, I would not look past Barmore. But, Barmore. Uh, I'm, I'm, or maybe I'm a, a Bateman or a wide receiver that maybe falls. Oh, but. See, and that's the thing. Bateman, Bateman's exciting, man. Yeah. Um, he's. He's my number four wide receiver. I like him a lot. And if he yeah. if he can get him there, yes, he doesn't necessarily have a role right away, but do you believe that Odell will come back being OBJ that we saw in New York? Do you believe that Jarvis Landry has two or three more good, really good seasons in him? How long is Rashard going to be the three? Do you believe in Donovan Peoples-Jones developmental arc? I, I kind of do. Um, Daryl Hodge is perfect for this team where he's at as a number five receiver and a special teams guy. So you don't, I don't know if you rock the boat there with a, with a first rounder. I, I, I'd kind of prefer to wait on wide receiver there, honestly. Yeah. And there's some good depth there too. Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, okay. So I kind of think, right. They have eight draft picks, right? Is it eight? I think it's eight. Um, So it's and, funny how you're doing this. I'm doing a mock draft where I had them trade back. So in, in the mock draft yeah. I'm doing, they have 10 picks. So I'm like, it's running through my head. Because I, I just, I was like trying to remember which picks they had. I wound up getting three second round picks um, and, yeah. and out of the first. So it was, it, it's weird. I'm trying to shift back to where which, there's reality. <laughs> which is the other way you could go. Now, I'm my plan of action is going to be preferred to go a different way. But that is certainly in the cards. If yeah. your guy's not there at edge, if your guy's not there at corner, you're not in love with anybody, you trade back, and then you get the next guy that you're in love with, and maybe you get an extra starter out of it or another contributor out of it long-term. Exactly. You can look towards your succession plans, etc. But yeah. I think to try to win now and, and sooner, I think you – if Ojolari's there at 26, I think you scoop him up. If a corner that, that you like a lot, like Newsom or Farley or or somebody like that is there at um, 26, Campbell maybe even at 26, I think you scoop him up. And then instead of at 59, because you have eight picks, two-thirds, two-fourths, I think right. you identify a spot find a trade partner, and go up and get the guy you want. Don't wait for it at 59 because you talked about that dead zone. I don't think eight guys make this roster out of this draft class. You know, I agree. So I think you use that value and go up and get the guy you want at edge or corner or the opposite of that. So you knock them both out, but you really get the guys you want without having yeah, to wait. And, and, you, and you can do that. You, you can package, you know, your two, your, your two thirds and, and with your second and move up to 35 or 40, if you want right. that, that's absolutely on the table. And I, I, 
Quite honestly, I, I agree with you. I think that's a very good course of action. Let me ask you this. Would you package 26 and one of those picks to move up to like 22 or something like that? Yeah, if the guy if okay. if it was for Ojolari or like a, say Horn still on the board or something like that, like an elite player that's still hanging around there that they yeah. just absolutely love, I think it definitely would do that for sure. I would too. I'm with you there. Okay, good. Uh, Chad Chad uh, Ruder of NFL Network we had uh, yesterday actually had seven first round trades that make sense, and one of them was the Browns from 26 to the Dolphins at 18 to get somebody. But uh, it was like giving up a, a fourth and a, uh, a a fourth and a sixth and something else. But, Probably something uh, next year, yeah. yeah which, and, which, and I get that. And Chad, Chad's a good dude. I know Chad well. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a smart guy. So uh, and he also he doesn't necessarily, like, pull those out of just nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, we looked at that last night uh, on the show. So that was, uh, you know, and kind of talked about that trade situation. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's certainly lots of courses of action. You're right. They could find themselves in no man's land there at 26 a little bit. Um, but I think they have recourse, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you can do – you have a lot of flexibility with what with all those those picks – in the third and fourth, you can package those around. Like you said, I'm not sure that eight people make this team. Exactly. Uh, and and th- you do have some young depth on this team that, that's coming along. You know, you, you have th- – there's guys that, that I think uh, your offensive line. I mean, getting getting a guy like Blake Hance into the program, uh, I, I think he's fine. You're getting Drew Forbes back. I, yep. I'm not sure that you need to take a lineman anymore. Um, unless you want to, unless you want a like a serious developmental type that you think could maybe push Alex Taylor for that 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 tackle position, uh, I'm not opposed to that. But I don't I don't know if that's something that you draft this year. So there 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 is enough guys that are in the pipeline that are you know have some developmental upside that that have come on board in the last couple of years and we haven't necessarily seen it from them yet. That I'm not sure that the draft picks would be better than them. So yeah, it, it, it does absolutely give you the chance to sell picks off or sell them for next year when you might have a better idea of where your needs are when you're hopefully trying to make that jump from the AFC championship game. Cause yeah. I think they have a chance to get there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you hundred uh, percent. The time is now you're watching all eyes on Cleveland. I uh, hope you're enjoying special guest tonight, Jeff Risden, managing editor over at the Browns wire. Make sure you hit subscribe down below. And if you're listening on podcasts, thank you. And you can find the podcast where all popular podcasts are found. A couple other things we want to hit here before we get you out of here. Time flies when you're having fun, I, I guess here, uh, Jeff. Uh, yeah. But uh, maybe that's that seventy minutes. Might you might have to go get a charger or something. To I know, right? <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So, real quickly, yeah. any guys you think off the top of your head that are not long for this roster that sh- that you know, uh, I you know, MJ Stewart comes to mind. He's yeah. making over a million dollars. None of it's guaranteed. Uh, me and you have kind of picked on him. He played great in the Pittsburgh games. He's yeah. short and slow. Yes. Right he place, is. right time in those games. He's kind of, you know, he, he made his way in there. But uh, as they bring in more corners, I don't see him as a long-term answer there. Uh, I would yeah, like I, to I, see a better backup in the slot. I think he's holding a place. I agree with okay. you there. I also think Sheldrick Redwine is holding a place. That's, that's the other name. You read my mind. Yeah. That's the yeah. other name I was going to say. <laughs> I had two names. I had two he, names written down. Guy, God, I, and I had this conversation on Twitter with Jake Burns the other day. I'm like, I really wish that Redwine would show more, more oh. often. Because the potential is there. We, we've seen it. We know the guy can play. He just he does it like one play out of every ten, and the other ones are just like, dude. He just comes no. across very timid to me, like, and just not aggressive enough. And yeah. uh, once again, like we talked about a lot with last year, he's just he's not anticipatory. He's always nope. reactionary. Yep. He doesn't take the best angles. Um, I, he just, I don't know. There's the, a, the fact that Andrew Sandejo played better than him is disappointing. And again, I don't yeah. want to bag too much on Sandejo because he could be back. 
There yeah. are there are whispers that he could be back as 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 where he belongs, the number four safety on the team. And if he's the number four safety on your team, you you got a pretty darn good safety room. And I, I know I think, people uh, will hate it, but if, if if he plays where he's supposed to play and not where he played last year, I'm okay with having come back. I think that kind of slipped out uh, with Troy when I was asking him about his number. I don't think he meant to say that. He was like, <laughs> right? Because yeah, I asked him about what there. number he wanted, and he's like, oh, I wanted 23 because of Joe Hayden when he was a kid, which is a cool story. And then he's like, but it's still in the works because they're not sure what they're going to do with. And he could, he didn't even know his name. He kind of thought for a second. He's like, is it <laughs> Sendejo? And I was like, Sendejo? And I'm like, oh, no, man. Like you, but yeah, I, I get it. If he plays, if he plays the role that he's supposed to, that they brought him in to play, I, I can live with it. Right. Just dye your hair back to a regular color. And, and I think he'll be accepted more. <laughs> he's, you know what he's a, he's a genuinely nice dude. I've met him yes. before. He's yeah. a, he's a good guy. He's a good talker. He's a good teammate. But he, he, God, he just misses so many, so many freaking tackles. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think Troy realized that he was letting the cat out of the bag with that one. The uh, only other player to go back on on topic, the only other player that I could see them moving on from would be Chris Hubbard, and it would be because he's not healthy. Um, yeah. Certainly, I mean, dude, what a turnaround that he had! If you want a, an example of a guy who was hated, reviled for how bad he played at right tackle, and then yeah. last year. My God, he was he was, Tremendous. He was awesome, and and, yep. and Cleveland fans completely turned for him, and I think they could do that with Sandejo too. But I, I, if they find somebody that they like, um, and and, and it could be internal, it, it 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 could be Drew Forbes, although I I kind of doubt that. It could be Alex Taylor if they if they feel comfortable enough, and they're not fully sold that that Hubbard is one hundred percent. I could see that happening. That's that, 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 that's. That, that's just based on what's in my head, that's not coming from anywhere in Cleveland. That's I, I got to make that clear. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if that happened either. Okay, couple more topics here. I want to bring up Jason Oway. Let's bounce back to Oway, who supposedly <laughs> ran this four three forty. And uh, it's not that I don't believe it, but pro day forty times, everybody's running super super low numbers. If they were at the combine, I gotta think you had a tenth of a second on guys that are running four two eight. I think it's really a four three eight. Am I wrong? No. Um, in most cases, you're not. Anyways, there there are some guys who were legitimately flying, uh, and and one of them is his teammate Michael Parsons. I, I believe he ran a four three six forty. I, I absolutely do. Um, oh, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe four. Four, five, maybe. I mean, he he, he was moving, uh, and, yeah. and there's there's no question he's athletic. And I think I think the way to to parse through it, and this is something that I've been trying to do as I do evaluations, is a relative scale. Um, all these guys who are running a lot faster than you expected, like you said, add at point eight or add a full tenth to them. Yes. Point yeah. zero eight, not 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 a point eight. That would be really slow. Um, yeah. then, then you're then you're in trouble. The point yeah. zero eight point one, and and then look at the other things that they did. How's their short shuttle? How's their three cone? If you get a ten second split, how's that look? It, uh, if you're running a four, if you if you clock a four three eight forty, and you're running your your ten yard split in one point eight, I don't think so. Right, <laughs> so, right, and, yeah. And that's one way to, to parse through the BS on that. Uh, but but I, I do also believe there is something to the fact that these guys have had more time than ever to train for those specific events, and that okay. has helped. And in the training methods that are out there, um, with the with that agents have, and, and I've I've been to a couple of the gyms where they do these training things where they have these guys. There's, there's the giant one in Dallas, and there's one in Phoenix, there's one in Columbus, um, there there's one. Um, I live I live in Michigan. There's one not too far away from me here, where where a lot of the guys from from Michigan, Michigan State, and Notre Dame do it. Um, I know that they have tweaked it where they can really, really shave time off. But then you got to go look at the film. Did it? Yeah. Did it show on? Did it show on the field? Um, and also, how often does your does your you know, stand up edge linebacker? How often is he going to run forty yards? Forty yards. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
it's it's really about burst yeah Yeah. it's about burst and the you know like the shuttle and things like that maybe more telling for some of these positions And, and as you said like you can see on an all 22 you can take a guy and watch him run and tell if his speed is legitimate compared to like especially watching like an sec game where you know you got like a fast receiver and just watch you know a corner and and a wide receiver open it up right on a on a deep route you can see if the speed translates or not, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look at look at like like Jalen Waddle. Watch the yeah. punt return that he had. He's yeah. running away from dudes that are that, yeah. are, that are clocking in the four threes allegedly. You know, yeah. you watch a guy like like Kyle Pitts. One of the reasons why he's a freak because it shows on tape when he's a he's a two hundred and I think two fifty five tight end, and he yeah. lines up outside and runs past fast corners. Yeah. That you don't, you don't. It doesn't matter if he's running four four eight or four five five because on film, look what he's doing. You know that that's yeah. it, it matters some, but it has to pass the eye and sniff test at the same time on the field. Otherwise, otherwise you're drafting a guy who's you're drafting. You know um, who is the guy that well, the Raiders used to draft all the guys who were super fast, uh, yeah. but couldn't necessarily play. Um, a guy like like uh, oh, what, what was his, his name? Tory Tory Smith was one. Yeah. Um, oh, there was another wide receiver. Clellan Farrell. Oh, uh, oh you're talking. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and by the way, I feel bad for that dude because he, he's actually a pretty solid player, but he was just yeah. wildly overdrafted. That yeah. happens, man. But yeah, you can't you can't just take the speed. Uh, you got to have something with it. You know, like, like Ted Ginn is probably a great example of it. That guy is one of the fastest human beings I've ever seen in person. Yes. And did it trans his speed translated to the football field, but did it have football skills? Kind kind of. I mean, he, he made an impact. Um, yes. Will Fuller in Houston definitely made an impact. He's another one of the fastest humans I've ever seen in person. Uh, and I, I was blessed to be at the foot race at, at Texas training camp a few years back where he got on <laughs> with a couple other guys. Uh, and they all ran. Oh my God. It was, it, it was unbelievable, but yeah, when he catches the ball, he's a big threat. But if he's not catching the ball, I'm, I'm not sure how much that helps you. So you, you got to have the football skills with it because how often are you going to run again 40 yards in a straight line? Show me, show me a guy who's a little bit slower on the 40, but has a better short shuttle and a better three cone. If you run it, if if you can do that and have a 6.75 three cone, boom, give me that. If if you're jumping 40 a 40 inch vertical like a guy like Jam, like like Jamin Davis from Kentucky. At 235 pounds, he's got a 40-inch vertical. He's he's got a 10-10 broad jump. You know, yeah. <laughs> the ridiculous agility numbers. Yeah. That's more impressive to me than just the 40. You got to look beyond the, the the marquee event there. Yeah, for sure. I just thought that was worth bringing up with yeah, the, you know the new combine this year and that a lot of those numbers flying about and and just to kind of put that in perspective a little bit. All right. So we talked about the draft, and we beat that down. So real quickly here, let, let's hit, you know, the rest of free agency. And that I think that starts with Jadavian Clowney. And, and it has to be, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Uh, unfortunately, we're revisiting this again. Uh, yeah. You know, he comes to Cleveland, right? Um, let me ask you this question. Do you think there's an offer on the table for him right now? From Cleveland? Yeah, I do. Uh, you do. And I, I do. I don't know what, what like it is. Six million, probably. I would hope it's not more than that. I, <laughs> I, oh, I mean, they they offered him eighteen last year, right? That's, right, but there's no way you can offer him that now. Oh God, no, no. Especially not coming off another knee surgery. I'm not sure that he is the most self aware person. Uh, no. And I also, I also think that he probably wants to miss as much of training camp as he can, and will probably sign late. That's what I was just going to say. So what – all right. And that can be tied directly to his injury. So, like, right. if you can't get this guy in camp, I don't want him, right? Because I'm his agreeing. knees yeah. – all right, first of all, you need to evaluate his knees. Secondly, if he's not in camp and then he's only playing eight games, you know, you not got to be an idiot to not make that correlation like – Dude, get in camp. Like, get ready to play football, right? Like, all the soft tissue injuries and the missed so, games and the so nonsense. Again, 
I don't know why the Browns are so like enthralled. I get that like he could he, provide them like a huge piece he's of what a they very need. Good right? and versatile player. He I, yeah. Aside from getting sacks, he's a very good football player, and I you will never hear me say opposite. He does not get sacks though. So yeah. I I'll lean back. I covered him with the Texans. I was I was uh, doing Texans and Browns wire together for some time. Yeah. Houston had the exact same conversations about this, about why is he not in camp? Because he he would always, always, always have an injury going into the offseason, so he would not participate in OTAs. Because it, it, were, were they legitimate? Yeah, probably. I mean, he, he gets hurt a lot. He's, he's had, he had microfracture surgery on his knee when he was 22 years old. Uh, there's, there, there is definitely some durability issues there. How much of that do you want to pay for? If you're Cleveland, where, where are you going to get your bang for the buck on that? I I wish, look, I, I get the courtship. I do. And I, I, I do think he's a good player and he would certainly make the Browns a better football team, but at what cost? And I think they have a better idea. I'm hoping they have a better idea of the value of Jadevian Clowney this year than they did last year when they offered him way the hell too much. He stupidly turned it down and went to Tennessee and flopped. Yeah, I mean – Hard to believe. Like, okay, so, yeah, I mean, couldn't visit anywhere last year. So I get why, like, if they had an interest, with, interest in him, you bring him in this year and you sit yeah. down in front of him and see, hey, could we even make this work? And you want your doctors to look at his knees. Absolutely. You, you need your doctors to clear that before he, before he signs anywhere, before you even offer him a lot of money. So you think that they probably offered him a deal or, or said, hey, here's a deal, but I yeah, don't it, – yeah, I, I think it's one of those where, like, hey, uh, we're we're willing to go at least to here, but yeah, you know, we, we got to see how serious you are, and we got to see how healthy you are before we give it to you. I, I wonder, like, like I would want the ability to rescind that offer if he doesn't make it by a certain point in time, because I want him yeah. in camp. If you can get him in camp, I'm cool with it. But if you can't, if he's going to sit out till a week before the regular season or two weeks before the regular season, I don't want to pay him anything guaranteed. Sure. We'll give you oh, an yeah. incentive laden contract or yeah. whatever. Oh yeah. I'm with, with you on that. Two million yeah, you don't, base give any, don't give him any guaranteed money then. I'm totally with you on that. I mean, that yeah. just seems absurd to me. I get it. Yeah. I mean, he plays the run. So like, I mean, ideally yeah. you sign him for that. I think the Browns have about five or 6 million left under the cap. And I think yeah. they're trying to avoid restructuring these deals because it, it it will ultimately provide them more flexibility in 2022 when they have to think about paying a Nick Chubb, et cetera. Yeah, right? they got like, to pay Baker. They got to pay Denzel. They got they got yeah. a lot of right. miles to feed them up. <laughs> like a restructure with Sheldon could involve an additional year, and right. and and with the wide receivers, except the same. But like, I don't think they want to make that commitment but but if they have to they will if if like right. the right player was there but i think that five or six that they have left and the way you can construct these contracts you can give the guy you know an eight nine look at troy hill's contract right like he has like a two million dollar cap hit or three million dollar cap hit this two year. void years at the bottom it, of it so right it up. two yeah. void years yeah the void years it's the it's the way of the, the, the cap crunch off season right yeah so it is that's the way the Browns have elected to go instead of the restructure. Do you think that makes sense? Yes, to keep, I do. Because it gives you more flexibility next year, right? Absolutely. And and you need to keep your important people in Cleveland instead of bringing other people in who might be important. And I think I think Andrew Barry, I absolutely trust Andrew Barry and, and Paul D. Podesta would get involved in that as well as a strategy officer. I think they have a very good idea of what they're doing on that. So I, I okay. will trust. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. I do too, yeah. I think it makes sense, especially, you know, because you don't know. I mean, this could be it for Sheldon. You may not want to bring him back after this. You know, he's getting yeah, a little he, long in the he, tooth. He is getting up there. He can still and play, he, though. <laughs> yeah, he can. He can still play. So if he can still play this year, at the end of this year, then I understand, you know, you maybe you want to extend him or try to bring him back at, at another rate or whatever, but – by not restructuring this year, you're not tying yourself to him or tying yourself to somebody else that right. you automatically have to do in order to restructure, throw some void years on, roll it into a signing bonus, et cetera, right? Oh, um, yeah. So, 
I, I think that's why they've held off, and I think if, if they can avoid that, they will. Is there anybody else, to be a, a kind of finish up on this, yeah. is there anybody else, Jeff, on in free agency that you have a huge interest in or you would like to see them go after or maybe try to acquire? Okay, I still I know that Troy Hill is ideally a slot corner. I still like Brian Poole. I would get him in. I love that guy. Um, I've been banging the table for him for a long time. You have. Um, he uh, again. Uh, he he's just so good at what he does, and what he does fits so well with what the Browns need. Uh, I like that. If you're looking for a pass rusher, Melvin Ingram is still out there. Another guy coming off some injury. Can you trust him for 16 games? Eh, probably not. But at his age, and I, I like this about him, he knows what it's like to play across from a dominant force. He played with Bosa and did very well off of that. This is yeah. a guy who understands that dynamic. And I yeah. think that's I think that's an that's an underappreciated asset. I don't think Olivier Vernon learned it all that well until late last year. Um, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to do to have two guys. And, and to share that credit um, and to share the the, li- the limelight like that, um, he will do that. And, I, and again, do you pay him ten million dollars a year? Probably not. You give yeah. him you give him two point five guaranteed. Give him another five um, to play and, and see what happens. And, and I'd be okay with that there. If it, if the clowny thing doesn't work out, I, I would love to see them move on to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, one one yeah. other one other guy, Devondre Campbell, linebacker from Arizona. Okay. Another guy. Another guy that um, does a lot of things pretty well, nothing great, but okay. that's kind of what they want their linebackers to do. He, he's a perfect guy yeah. to come in and either take over for Malcolm Smith or back up Malcolm Smith or push Jacob Phillips or push Mac Wilson off the roster. I think he would do that. Um, no offense, Mac, but dude, you got to get better, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, we, we, we've, we've waited enough. It's time yeah. for you to, to, to show, shave it, to show up or ship out. Um, and Devondre Campbell's a guy that, that I know can play better than that. And uh, I don't think he's going to break the bank either. And I think he's he's a he's a guy that I know has a hunger to join something bigger than what he has been so far. Okay. Two good names. I got one name for you. All right. Uh, Brashad Breeland. Uh, I would like to get them more. to kick yeah. the tires. Yeah. He's, I just he's, he's again like like these other guys. He's not perfect, but I, I get it. I, I absolutely see what why he would why you would want him on in Cleveland. Absolutely, experience the winning. Uh, we saw the way he played in the playoffs. I mean, he, he knew exactly. I mean, he killed the Browns he's just by being a, physical and handsy. Absolutely, and taking advantage of it. Um, and I just think that experience is something the Browns could take advantage of, and I don't think it would cost a lot to bring him in. I agree. He's he's a good player. Um, if you're looking at safety, a guy like Trey Boston or Jaleel Ladai also makes sense. But those those are guys. Trey Boston's a dude. He's another guy. He doesn't do training camp. He signs he signs like the day before training camp starts. That's his, that's his name. <laughs> his name gets brought up every off season. In yep. Trey Boston. he's a free. He likes one year deals. He loves signing bonuses. Yeah. God bless him. Uh, all right. I lied. Final question. All right. Uh, sure. The numbers. Is this going to go through where they can use oh. single digit numbers, Jeff Risden? So I do think it will get approved. I'm going to be a stickler. I don't like it all that. Much. You don't like it. I oh, don't. no. Okay. I like, and, and I, look, I'm not that old, but I do remember like, like Cliff Branch being 21. Um, I, I, I just I, I like my wide receivers to wear teens or eighties. I don't want I don't want twenty nine being a wide receiver. I don't want I don't <laughs> want you know number one playing safety. I that that's your kicker. That that's your punter. Uh, I, I see. I like this. See, I like that. I think safety. I'm an old funny duddy man. I'm I'm aware of that. It's okay. Like like Delpit. Like I think he's made to wear like number seven. Like he just looks yeah. good in seven. And you, can you imagine? Would Odell go back to three? Didn't he wear three in college? He did. Uh, he did. You know that's why he wears thirteen now. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, I I think that like the skill positions like uh, even running back. I don't mind. So running, running, running back, I would be okay with a single digit because I think that works. 
Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll meet you a little bit. Safeties, wide receivers. I like the single digits on those guys like college. I do. Uh, 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 agree to disagree there. Yeah, huh? it's, it's just not for me. Um, so I, I have a 15 okay. year old son, and he's all about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to buy yeah. these with new numbers on it. I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. You can okay. get creative. You know, Denzel could go to 12 uh, like he was in college, uh, right? I think. Yeah. Could. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I look. I get it from the player perspective, and I, I certainly wouldn't be somebody who'd like write anything that's like, "Oh my god, this is a travesty against football." How dare the NFL do this? Or, I, I just don't care that much. Uh, but yeah. all things being equal, I would like to see them keep the system the way it is. But if they change it, I'll be okay with that too. <laughs> do you expect a Nick Nick Chubb extension to be done by the time season starts? Ah, oh, that's a great question. I. I kind of don't think so. I I don't think that's coming. I really don't. Um, I, I I don't necessarily agree with that, but I. It's a, a running, running backs are tough, man. That, that's. You think that's a franchise tag? I wouldn't be opposed to that, uh, yeah. and I I think that that's an avenue that they should probably look at. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee did it once before they signed. Before their they signed, guy. Henry, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. there, there is a definite wall, as much as we want to believe that Nick Chubb is invincible. I've seen it with Arian Foster. Uh, I've seen it with a lot of other really talented backs that once they get X amount of carries, there's, there is a tangible decline to it. And do you want to pay for that decline or do you want to pay for it while it's on the way up? Um, Here's so, the thing that's weird about it right now, know, Jeff, man. and I'll it's just tough. say this. It's yeah. tough. It yeah. is tough. But, like, the deal they sign, like if you sign a guy to a deal right now, you could like so the way, the pricing of the franchise tag for the running back is down right now. Yeah. So like, I think you can get like three years max him out, tag him three times, and it would only be like three years, like thirty six or thirty seven million dollars. So yeah, that's a lot of money. But in these contracts, some of these contracts they're doing only have like. 24 or 23 guaranteed there's an out after the second year so are you better off signing him to a deal or going yeah. at, at it year by year uh because the deal because tagging him isn't really a, a player friendly thing uh it the isn't viewed hate it. they hate it, hate it. Yeah. yeah so you would think you know Maybe they come to him with an offer. Maybe, At least yeah, maybe I would. Like, I, I like the idea, like you just kind of said, of, of like a two- or three-year extension. I, you're not going to give him what Zeke got from Dallas. That's just stupid. Or uh, give not, him four, but with just two yeah. guaranteed, right? Like yeah, you can cut yeah, bait you, after two and not right. hurt anybody. Yeah, well, um, and I think the Rams sort of did that with Todd Gurley um, before his yeah. he ended his career. Uh, well, he's he's obviously still playing, but isn't the same guy that he was. You know, you got you got to you got to protect yourself against that. And Chubb, <coughs> excuse me, Chubb needs to be aware that, that his position entails that. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff Risden, you're a gentleman and a scholar and a very, very smart football man, and I appreciate you always. Uh, you got a frog in your throat there. I do. So, I do. Yes. And I'm sure we're running up against the computer time as we are well, over it, an hour it, it, now. It is not happy. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Thank I you so much, you Jeff. You're the man. All right. Take care. All right. Bye now. And big thanks to Jeff Risden for joining the show tonight and talking all about uh, how the Browns are going to finish the job here. Um, and I am trying to... Mikey, can you get get it together, buddy? What's going on here? There you go, sir. Good job. Make sure you hit subscribe on the way out tonight. Big thanks to Jeff Risden again. We're going to get up and out of here as we went way over... Uh, talking all about uh, everything. Uh, we could see if we got any comments here. I can't see around my uh, mic stand. What's up, bros, from uh, the Square Table Degenerates podcast? Thank you. What up? What up, Square Square Table Degenerates podcast? Thank you for watching and commenting. 
uh, as uh, I need to pay more attention to the comment section. We need to get more people involved in the questions and stuff. I know we do mailbags and everything like that, but certainly would love to get uh, more people on the live shows in the chat uh, saying what's up and asking questions and that I don't do a good enough job paying attention to that. So I need to work on that uh, as we all uh, should always be striving to get better uh, every day. Uh, big thanks to Jeffers again. Mikey, fantastic job tonight. Uh, we love the new setup here. And uh, thank you for watching All Eyes on Cleveland. Thanks to Jeff Risen. Uh, big shout out to Mikey, as always. And with that, uh, we are out. Hope you enjoyed the show.